welcome to all of you here. This is a nice way to, to start the uh, new year. Um, Pastor Luke and Joanne, our family, are uh, enjoying a little R&R &R, uh, for a few days, and they will be back. Uh, they're going to be back tomorrow evening. So this is kind of the Sunday mornings uh, another routine and and it's a good routine so it's good to be here so um, before the worship team leads us in some singing I want you to just stand and greet somebody bes uh, be around you and remain standing and then the worship team will lead us in some singing Remain standing. We'll um, start singing worship. So glad you're here this morning. And we're just going to reflect on God's faithfulness, his trustworthiness, and how good he is.
Announcements, please refer to your bulletin for <coughs> things that are going on. Uh, maybe just a, uh, highlighting a couple things. Um, <coughs> next Sunday, Pastor Luke is uh, starting a new series, and you have a flyer in your bulletin uh, describing that. And uh, so that uh, will start next week. Uh, next Sunday will be communion. Okay, all right. Okay, very good. No special offering for, for that for next time, but there will be communion. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you see on the, on the, on the, the uh, overhead there, the uh, uh, missionaries and the special re requests that they have for this week. And uh, so let's remember, remember those as we pray for them. Announcement, and, uh, and that is that Ruby Esau passed away on uh, New, New Year's Day, and uh, the mem memorial service will be in our church here, but the, the uh, exact day has not been decided yet, so that will, information will be, will be coming in. that's it let's pray lord thanks for uh we, we thank you this morning for the fact that uh you are the creator of all things <clears throat> that you not only created everything in us but you <clears throat> have also uh, been in control from the beginning and you, you still are and so as we look forward to uh, the year 2016, we, we, we don't know the end from the beginning, but you do. And we're grateful for that. Lord, we thank you. Help us, encourage us to put our trust in you and uh, just uh, go with the things that you have for us and that we would enjoy uh, living our lives for you and, and uh, let you, you be in control. Pray for the uh, missionaries and uh, for the needs that they have. Um, a lot of their needs are, are pretty routine probably from, from day to day, but when there are special needs that come up that, that we are reminded to pray for them. So we want to take a time to do that. Um, pray for the Esau family. 
days of the year with these hopefully comfortable infrastructure to them and and, and we can be of be of help So um, another thing that we do routinely, uh, and it's a good routine, is to give and to help and to be of help. And we're, we're happy to do that, and we're thankful that we can provide funds for various needs that uh, that arise. So um, bless the offering before this song.
today's scripture is taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 31 through 50, and it's from the New Century Version. If you want to follow along, it might be a little bit different version from what you normally read, but it'll be very, very close. Yet what David said was told to Saul, and he sent for David. David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged. I, your servant, will go and fight this Philistine. Saul answered, You can't go out against this Philistine to fight him. You're only a boy. Goliath has been a warrior since he was a young man. But David said to Saul, I, your servant, have been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or a bear come and take a sheep from my flock, I would chase it, I would attack it, and I would save the sheep from its mouth. When it attacked me, I caught it by its fur. I hit it, and I killed it. I, your servant, have killed both a lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like them, because he has spoken against the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the lion and the bear will save me from the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul put on his clothes on David. He put a bronze helmet on his head and dressed him in his armor. David put on Saul's sword and tried to walk around. But he was not used to all the armor that Saul had put on him. He said to Saul, I can't go in this because I am not used to it. Then David took it all off. He took his stick in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in his shepherd's bag and grabbed his sling. Then he went to meet the Philistine. At the same time, the Philistine was coming closer to David. The man who held his, his shield was in front of him. When Goliath looked at David and saw that he was only a boy, tanned and handsome, he looked down at David with disgust, and he said, Do you think I am a dog that you can come at me with a stick? He used God's names to curse David. He said to David, come here and I will feed your body to the birds in the air and the wild animals. But David said to him, you come to me using a sword and two spears, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, all powerful, the God, the armies of Israel. You have spoken against him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me and I will kill you and I will cut off your head. Today, I'll feed the bodies of the Philistine soldiers to the birds of the air and the wild animals. Then all the world will know there is a God in Israel. Everyone gathered here will know that the Lord does not need swords or spears to save people. The battle belongs to him. And he will hand you over to us. As Goliath came near to attack him, David ran quickly to meet him. He took a stone from his bag and put it in a sling, and he slung it. The stone hit the Philistine and went deep into his forehead. Goliath fell face downward to the ground. So David defeated the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. He hit him, and he killed him, and he did not even have a sword in his hand.
are privileged uh, this morning to have as our guest speaker a man who is not a complete stranger. He has been here at least once before. I've uh, been a while back. Um, but, um, and so we're fortunate to have you here this morning. Um, he is vice president of the International Ministries uh, for Back to the Bible. And uh, I, I have asked him to introduce himself farther. If, if you're noticing, I am avoiding uh, pronouncing his last name. And I think he understands that. <clears throat> I would not do justice to that. So I would uh, invite him to come and share and uh, open God's word to us. And anything else you would like to say, welcome. Thank you, Levi. It certainly is wonderful to be here again with you. Good morning. My name is James Kanaganayagam, in case you were wondering how that long name is pronounced. I was speaking to a guy from um, the Middle East a couple of days ago, and he was like, hey, your name is like a story. It's so long. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally understand it if you find it difficult to pronounce. I want to thank you for your investment in missions. I appreciate that you prayed for your missionaries this morning. Um, God hears those prayers. I am a product of American missionaries who came to Sri Lanka over 150 years ago, uh, the country I'm from, and my great-great-grandfather came to Christ. He was kicked out of his family because of his uh, faith in the Lord Jesus, but he uh, hung out with the missionaries, grew in the Lord, and, uh, you know, there was a clan, a Christian clan that formed in that part of uh, the country. And um, many generations later, you know, we had the privilege of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as well and uh, taking part in the work that God has called us to do. Uh, because um, somebody had a heart to go and reach out to the lost with the gospel and others supported them through finance and through prayer. And, uh, you know, we came to know the Lord some of you may have supported Back to the Bible and prayed for Back to the Bible, and I want to thank you for that because, again, I'm a product of that as well. My grandmother used to listen to Back to the Bible. She was a lovely lady, and I remember there was one thing in her house that she did not want us to touch. We would play with anything in her house, and, you know, she was fine with it. But just one thing she protected very dearly, and that was her large radio. Uh, she would listen to Back to the Bible every morning on shortwave. And if you know what a shortwave radio is, and many of you do, I'm sure, you know how hard it is to tune a shortwave radio. Once you get the needle to the right place, you just don't want to move it because you're going to lose that station. And she was afraid that us kids would go meddle with the knobs and change the station. And so she would very jealously protect that radio because she wanted to listen to Back to the Bible and like her, there have been many people in many countries around the world that have listened to and continue to listen to God's word every day on Back to the Bible, like here in the U.S. And uh, uh, you uh, have here today Nicole Mira, who heads the radio ministry of Back to the Bible and uh, plays a key role in seeing that programs are produced and aired in the U.S. as well as in Europe and in Africa and in Asia. And uh, so we are thrilled about what God is uh, doing and the opportunity he has given us to preach God's word and teach God's word using radio, the internet, 
And today on the cell phones as well, uh, you know, many people say they don't have time to read the Bible and they say they have no time to listen to God's word on the radio or they're on the move and they're busy and they don't have time for that. And so we've developed over the last few years a, a discipleship tool called Go Tandem. We want to walk alongside people and help them hear from God, hear from God's word on a daily basis. Uh, and the messages that come from Go Tandem are not uh, long, lengthy messages. Uh, they're short uh, and they're very um, uh, poignant so that you read God's word and see what does God have to tell me today. And we see that growing as well uh, here in the U.S. and overseas. And we're thrilled about what the Lord has given us, the opportunity he's given us to do that. So thank you. Thank you for your investment through prayer, for your investment through giving, um, and, and the partnership with, with uh, missions and back to the Bible. Uh, so we, we are grateful to you. As we dawn a new year, we all wish that the new year would be one of great uh, victory and prosperity and blessing. But we also know that every year brings us challenges as well. Realities in life, the pain of life comes our way too. We just heard read this morning a very familiar story of David and Goliath. One of those favorite stories from the Old Testament. And we want to look at that story and see what are some principles we can use from David's life that will help us when the inevitable trouble comes our way. You know, the Lord does, even the Lord Jesus, learned uh, obedience and maturity through the troubles that came his way. And the Lord allows us to go through troubles to help us mature and become more like him. So as we have to go through these troubles, we are called to be joyful, but we are also called to be victorious. We are not called or we are not given those troubles to succumb to them and to be depressed and to fail, but rather to have victory and to grow in the grace and the knowledge and the love of God. So what are some principles we can learn from this story that will help us as we face different trials that may come our way this year. The first thing that I see from David's story is that he had a different perspective when this trouble hit them. While everybody in Israel or the army of Israel saw the same Goliath and they were taunted by him, they were all afraid. They were terrified because of this huge giant of a person who had approached them. And as they looked at him, they realized that they could not fight Goliath. And they were afraid. But David came into that scene, and David saw things very different. His perspective of Goliath was different. Had Goliath shrunk? Did David become a giant? No. The circumstances were the same, but David's perspective was different. He saw things from the way God saw things. That this battle actually was God's and David was playing a part in it. So the first thing that we see when we come across trials is what is our perspective? 
Do we see things with eyes of fear and the way that everybody else around us would or a non-Christian would? Or do we see things from God's perspective? You know, in Psalm 13, a Psalm of David, David cries to the Lord and he says, Oh Lord, why haven't you heard me? I've cried to you day and night. I've cried to you on and on, but you don't seem to have heard me. And then his request is this. He says, God, open my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. In other words, what David was praying was, Lord, help me see things from your eyes. Open my eyes to see things the way you want me to see it. Often when we go through trouble, we don't see things from God's perspective. In this situation, David saw things from God's perspective. The story is told about these two, uh, two uh, shoe salesmen who went to a remote village. They, uh, before, they got to, before they left the head office, they both ordered a certain quantity of shoes that would be shipped to them after they went to this village. So they go to the village and they realize that the people in that village do not wear shoes. So one of the shoe salesmen goes to the nearest post office and he sends a telex. To those of you who remember what a telex was, or he sends a fax or an email to, to his head office saying, cancel the order of shoes, for no one here wears shoes. The second man ran after him too. He went to this post office and he sent a message to his office saying, double the order for nobody here wear shoes. Perspective makes the difference. It's like these two prisoners who looked out of their prison cell window. One saw the rocks and the mud outside, and the other saw the deep blue sky. Perspective makes a difference. And David had a different perspective here. He saw what God could do in this situation. We have this story in, uh, in the book of Acts of Saul on his way to Rome. He was in the ship and the seas were rough and the people were troubled and scared and anxious. But Paul was calm because he knew that God was still in control despite the high waves. And despite the shipwreck that was coming to them. And he knew that he was going to make it to Rome. He saw things from a different perspective. And that perspective gave him peace and calm in the midst of that storm. So when we happen to come upon trials in our life, take a step back and try to look at things from God's perspective. And not just with our emotional first impression that we may get. And that's another reason we have the body of Christ. Sometimes we do need the help of others to help us see things from God's perspective. To help us see things from eyes of faith and not from eyes of fear. So David here saw things from a different perspective. And I think that was the first principle to him having that victory in that situation. The second we see here, verses 34 to 37, was that he acknowledged God's hand 
in the past. He acknowledged that God had been with him in different situations in the past, and he knew that God was with him today as well. When we started our time of worship this morning, our worship leader reminded us of God's faithfulness in the past. See, we need to be reminded that God has been gracious to us, faithful to us, good to us in the past, because we tend to forget. And, and David here, he told King Saul, you know, I have fought the lion and I have fought the bear. And we would stop there and say, wow, David was a courageous, strong person. And he was. He was not afraid of the bear or the lion. Man, I would have been afraid of that. David wasn't. So he was a courageous person. However, he goes on to say, the Lord who saved me from the lion and the bear, he will give us this victory. So David acknowledged that it was God who had helped him in the past. And that's a good thing for us to acknowledge. And sometimes we can take for granted our skills, our successes, the stuff that we accomplish. And we could think, man, I did a good job. And yes, we may have had the knowledge and the experience and the skill to do well. But like David, we also ought to acknowledge that it is God who is giving us the ability, the talents, the skill, the opportunity to do what we can do. David acknowledged that God was with him. He acknowledged that God had been faithful to him in the past. And that's a key part of the way God wants us to operate. For us to be grateful and remember his hand in the past. In fact, we see this in different ways in the Old Testament. Uh, when uh, Joshua and his, uh, when the people of Israel crossed the Jordan, something that they did before the waters came back over was to place 12 rocks in the middle of the Jordan River. And why did they place those 12 rocks? They placed them to remember, to remind them that God had parted that for the people to cross through. And in many other instances, they placed rocks, and the book of uh, Chronicles would say those rocks are still there today, to remind them of God's faithfulness to them in a certain situation. Another way that the people of Israel uh, remembered was um, the feasts and festivals they had. You know, whether it's Passover, every year when they celebrate Passover, what would they do? They would remember how God delivered them from Egypt. When they had those other feasts, they would remember something that God had done for them in the past. Uh, I remember hearing somebody say this. He said, uh, so, so how does Israel react when somebody tries to kill them or annihilate them? And the response was, they have a new feast. And, and that seems to be the, the culture. Each, the different feasts and festivals in Israel are to commemorate God's faithfulness. It's a remembrance of what God had done. Next Sunday, you're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You're going to have communion. And that is to remember our Lord Jesus Christ and what he did. So we too have feasts and celebrations to recall, to remember what God has done. 
Now, in our culture, in our families too, it may be good for us to be grateful, to remember, to pause and think, yeah, God did do this for me in the past. He did deliver me. He did help me in a situation like this in the past. So won't he help me today in my current crisis? So it's good for us to remember the faithfulness of God in the past. Verses 38 onwards, to 38 to 40, we see David preparing for battle. So he, he not only saw things from a different perspective, he remembered God's faithfulness in the past, and now he prepares. He didn't take this lightly. He did take it seriously. In fact, uh, when Saul gave him his armor, uh, David did not shun it away and say, hey, you know, I don't need that. He did try it on. And then he realized that the armor was too heavy for him, too big for him. And if you remember, Saul was a head and shoulders taller than anybody else in Israel. Uh, we, we have that in the first part of Samuel, the description of Saul when, when he became king. So Saul was this big strapping guy. But it causes you to wonder, even he was afraid of Goliath. So Saul's armor was big. It was too big for David. David was a young guy. Uh, but David tried it. He prepared for this battle. And then he went to the brook and he took the five stones and he took his sling, something that he was used to. So he wasn't just going uh, aimlessly. He prepared for this battle. And I think that's important for us as well. While we recognize that, yes, God has helped us in the past, there is the sense that we need to be prepared for our situations. And, and as I think about preparing, I think of our preparation for prayer, our preparation for worship. Uh, sometimes we are so casual with it, aren't we? I mean, yes, God is a very gracious God, and God loves us, and, you know, God calls us his children. But he's also holy and awesome God. And sometimes we come into his presence with so much of casualness that we could also go away really not having as, as much an impact. But as we look at men and women of the scriptures, they were people who took God very seriously. I was reading uh, about Jehoshaphat in, uh, in uh, Second Chronicles. When he had trouble, he got the whole nation to fast and pray. And he went before God, fasting, having fasted for many days. And, and trusted that God would help them out of the battle that they were facing with this multitude from the Moabites and Ammonites. They prepared before the battle. They prepared through prayer. And we have this tremendous privilege and weapon of prayer as well, where we can go before God and trust him to help us in our situations. Preparation matters. I'm going to rush through to the next two points. Uh, the next thing, verses 41 to 47, was that David trusted that the battle belonged to the Lord. Five times in the next few verses, he says, it's the Lord's battle or it's God's battle. And he uses the Lord's name there. Five times in the next few verses. He recognized that this was God's honor that was at stake, not David's. And we sang about that today as well. 
the glory of the Lord. You know, that's what's at stake, not our reputation. Often when it comes to a battle, we think of our name, our image. What will somebody think about me? That was not David's concern. His concern was God's image. And so he goes before Goliath in the name of God, not in his own name. He trusted that the battle belonged to God. And I think that's where we need to come to as well. To trust that our battles too belong to God. If God is allowing us to go through a crisis, a challenge, that's his battle. And that's something that we can rely on him and trust in him to help us overcome. Because the battle belongs to God. One of the names of God that's used 270 times is Jehovah Sabaoth. It's used more than any of the other names of God in the Bible. And what that name of God means is that he is the God of hosts. And as we look at that name in the scriptures, we are not going to look at all 270 references to that name, but we see that God is a God who saves. You know, when, when um, Hannah went to God uh, in prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 1, she looks to the God of hosts to help her. And this God of hosts, the God who's, uh, uh, who is able to save, saves her from her barrenness and provides a child. In this passage, in verse 45, David refers to the Lord of hosts will help him. In Psalm 46, uh, Psalm 47 and verse 6, the Lord of hosts is referred to as our fortress. In Psalm 59, the Lord of hosts is referred to as the one who is going to vindicate us. So God is not a God who is just sitting up there having kind of given total control over to somebody else with his arms folded and having no involvement with the world. That's not the picture we have of our Father in heaven. We have a picture of him actually being involved. That he gets involved with this muck and dirt and problems of life where he says, I'm with you in this. I'm the Lord of hosts. This battle is mine. In Isaiah chapter 6, we know this beautiful passage where Isaiah looked at the heavens and he saw uh, the Lord seated high and lifted up and the cherubim was saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The heaven is full of his glory. And it's talking about the Lord of hosts in that picture as well. So the Lord is not only up there, he is here with us and wants to be involved in our lives, in our circumstances. David not only prepared, he not only trusted that the battle belonged to God, and sometimes that's nice to trust and to sit back and say, okay, I don't want to really go, you know, I don't want to face this situation. But David did face it as well. Goliath was still around, and the Bible says David ran to his opponent. David ran up to Goliath. 
He was obedient to God. He was obedient to do what he believed God wanted him to do. He was courageous to continue to do what God wanted him to do. And we are called to be courageous to obey. Obedience is not always the easiest thing to do. But we are called to do it. Uh, something that uh, Dr. Charles Stanley has said a couple of times and I've heard it and I remember is, he says, you obey God and leave the consequences to him. You obey God and leave the consequences to him. David was obedient. Another person, uh, you know, we just celebrated Christmas and we may have read the story of uh, the angel appearing to Mary to tell her about uh, the, the con that she was going to conceive from the Holy Spirit and how Joseph wanted to leave her quietly. And then the angel appeared to Joseph and said, take her to be your wife for, uh, you know, it, it, she's conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible continues to tell us that Joseph did what the angel said, Matthew 1, 24. He did what the angel said, even though socially that would have been a terrible thing for Joseph. It would have been easier for him to get rid of this issue quietly. But he obeyed and he had to live with that situation where people may have still said, ah, Jesus, I don't know whether he's really Joseph's son. He had to live with that. He was courageous to obey. And God has called us to be obedient. David obeyed, and he brought down Goliath. We know the rest of the story, but one more point I want to bring at the end is, because of David's faith and action, others benefited as well. Others were motivated as well. The last thing we see, verses 51 to 53, we did not read that this morning in the passage. But what happened when Goliath fell down was that the rest of the army of Israel, those guys who were scared of the Philistines, they all took up their arms and they ran after the Philistines and they basically destroyed them. So here were a group of people who were lacking faith or who were afraid. And because of one person's faith and courage and obedience, they were encouraged as well. And that's what we can do for one another. As we stand up and as we uh, kind of live by faith, we will encourage one another who may be weaker. We can encourage one another who may be afraid to also live and accomplish what God would want us to accomplish. So I hope you don't have trouble this year, but in case it does come, try and remember David's story. See things from a different perspective. See things from God's perspective. Remember what God has done for you. Trust that the, big, the battle belongs to God. Be obedient to the Lord. And I trust that he will give you the victory. Like he did for David. And because of your faithfulness, others around you will be motivated and encouraged as well to live the life that God wants them to live. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity of meeting like this today and looking at your word together. We thank you for the opportunity of worshiping you as a family.
and singing praises to you. We thank you, Father, for the skills and the talents and the abilities you've given the community of Christ that we can serve one another to glorify your name. Father, we thank you that you're with us through the good days and through the tough times in life. We ask that when we go through the valleys of the shadows of death or through different circumstances that we are not happy about, that you will give us your eyes to see our circumstances, that you will remind us that you are with us, that you remind us that you are a great and awesome God and this battle belongs to you and that you'll help us, Lord, to be obedient and overcome. Thank you that you came to give us life and an abundant life. Thank you for that tremendous blessing. We thank you for the fellowship that we can have with you and that we can call you Abba Father. Father, we pray today for your blessing upon us. We pray your blessing upon Nicole and Jeb, very especially as they celebrate the anniversary today. Would you continue to provide for them and bless them and that they, they may be the light and salt in this community and everywhere you've called them to serve as well. We thank you, Father, for your love for us. In Jesus, our Lord's name. Precious cornerstone, sure.